Welcome to Folk Tales, a podcast series for anyone who loves spending time on, in or by the water. I'm Dominic Zamet, Director at Boat Folk, and throughout this series I'll be speaking with guests from our coastal communities to hear their stories and to learn what life on the water means to them. Today we join Colin McLean at Hasla Marina who's been speaking with Alan Watson OBE, Chairman and Captain of the magnificent 80-year-old war vessel HMS Medusa. Based at Hasla Marina, Medusa has a significant history and Alan gives us a flavour of the role she's played in defending our waters throughout the years. Let's hear what he had to say. Oh, good afternoon and today we are talking to Alan Watson, OBE, Chairman of uh, the Medusa Trust and the skipper of HMS Medusa, a good friend of Hasla Marina and uh, thankfully a good friend of mine. Good afternoon, Alan. Oh, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have you on board. I wonder if you could tell us what the, uh, the plans are for this fine lady that uh, we're sitting on today. Well, this year we're hoping to get back to something a, a bit more like uh, normal operation. last couple of years have been a bit sort of constrained. And uh, the thing we're planning at the moment is to go down to the Channel Islands over the Liberation and VE Day period. It should be quite exciting. We do one long deployment each year, usually two to three weeks, and uh, that's likely to be this year's. Absolutely fantastic. Good to see the boat actually back in use again, because she was sitting alongside. But you did a lot of painting and and sorting out some woodwork this year, haven't you? I believe you put some uh, new mines on the side. Yeah, she's looking quite smart. Uh, we've built new depth charge racks, uh, new depth charges. In fact, they look so real, we've had to write inert on the bottom just in case one floats away. But uh, one of the things that's changed her appearance is that we've put her back to the camouflage scheme she had at D-Day. And uh, you'll see that there's a, a white line along her, uh, a sort of go faster stripe. And the bow is now white or a slightly off white. And the idea behind that was that um, the, the go faster stripe cancels a shadow that's uh, cast by the, the robbing strake, makes her less visible. And uh, the white at the bow masks the bow wave. So from a distance, you can't tell if she's stationary or moving. And that confuses the opposition's gunnery. Absolutely brilliant scheme. Yeah, I noticed that on the way down. I, I thought that was just uh, like an undercoat, but it does look very smart on there. It does, uh, does it actually work? Has it been proven Work? I'm waiting to look at her at a distance when we get to see, but uh, even with the, the grey-blue, which is a, a special colour that's mixed up for us, it's called Western Approaches Blue, and uh, it was made to, to match the colour of the channel, and it works, because if you stand on a pierhead and look at the vessel in the distance, not something I do very often, after about half a mile or so, she just disappears. Well, as a, as a former submariner myself, I, I have seen this colour through a periscope. And yes, it does just look like a blur at best. It sometimes looks like a big wave. Very difficult to see, but I uh, would think about the white line might sort of bring it out a bit more. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're, we're waiting to see how effective that is. But we've matched the original photographs, um, so it is correct. I've got the original camouflage scheme drawing, and I've got samples of all the paint that was used wartime. And uh, international paints have matched the exact colour for me. So it, it is absolutely correct. Okay, fantastic. I'll just go through the, the history of uh, HMS Medusa and, and anything notable she's done. I know she was in the film uh, D-Day Landings, or was it? Or Normandy? Yeah, she's been in all sorts of films over the years. I'm starting to make a list of them. I've got to a dozen so far and still going strong. But um, this particular vessel, she was built 1943 in Poole, uh, launched in October 43. 
uh, commissioned right at the end. And uh, the class of vessel were intended for offshore screen to keep submarines away from harbours. She did everything except that, really. A fairly early thing she did was she was at Slapton Sands for one of the D-Day practice runs there. Fortunately, the one that went right, not the one that went wrong. And then shortly afterwards, a few weeks afterwards, then she was tasked with going across the channel two days before D-Day and marking the entrance to a a minefield. So she sat right on the edge of a minefield across the other side, night before D-Day, and minesweepers homed on this vessel to cut through. And uh, then she had to stay on exactly that spot because the entrance was only a quarter of a mile wide. And the entire invasion fleet for Omaha Beach homed on this vessel and went through. So if she'd got that wrong, by a few hundred yards, they'd have gone straight to a minefield instead of going through into the beach. That must have been quite nerve-wracking for the crew at the time. I, I assume you were sending a radio beacon out and they were using a, an RDF to get you. Yeah, there was uh, all sorts of electronics on board. A very young crew. It was all a volunteer crew. And so they were tasked with one of the most important roles going. The weather was foul. So they had to stay on location for something like 30 hours in the end. The original plan was to drop a buoy over the side to, to mark the correct position. They dropped the boy over the side and they promptly sank. Um, so they had to stay on location. But she was bung full of uh, very secret electronics to help her find the position and stay on position. And uh, she was equally full of explosives because the instruction was this vessel must not be captured. The instruction to the captain was that if there was any prospect of capture, he was to blow the vessel and, if necessary, the crew as well. well that's, uh, that's quite serious days then, really, isn't yeah. it? Yes, yeah, I think that would make me a bit nervous. I know she's, uh, I should say that we are sitting in, inside the, the lovely vessel at the moment, and even in the marina here, she's rolling a little bit. So what's she like uh, out at sea? <laughs> she's not for the faint-hearted or weak stomach. She will roll through 100 degrees quite happily. We went over to Dunkirk a few years back to go across to do the film, and uh, going across the last bit, so we were travelling roughly east, and there was some quite heavy weather coming down from the north, so it was on our beam, and uh, the gauge in the chart room goes to 50 degrees each way and the bubble was hitting the end stop quite hard it's a very fast roll there's a roll period of only a few seconds and it will throw you off your feet mm, I, I can feel it in here you know and I, i'd say I'm, I'm an ex-serviceman myself so it doesn't tend to bother me too much but you can definitely feel that movement mm. yeah but what, what sort of power have you got what sort of engines have you got on here then well she's still got the original fit of engines in here and um, the design of vessel was for an anti-submarine, so she didn't need to be fast. Everybody seems to think that uh, she's a very fast vessel, but she was actually built for endurance. And so it's a very, very efficient hull. It doesn't need an awful lot of power to push her up to a maximum speed of 11 knots. And so there's two big diesels in here, eight cylinders, three litres a cylinder. And that made by a firm called Gardners. They had a huge reputation for really efficient diesels well they earned it 80 mm. years old and they're still going well it's like any any diesel engine as long as you look after it, it goes on forever don't they yeah and she's a double diagonal planking is she yes that's right yeah um she's all wood again from a distance people think she's steel but she's all wood um they're virtually the only metal bits on board are the engines and the guns and uh, yeah the planking is double diagonal um which means that um there's two layers of planks at 45 degrees um, one way and 45 degrees the other way, and then a membrane in between the two, and thousands upon thousands of copper rivets holding it all together. Do, does she flex at all? Is there any sort yeah. of flex in it? You, you can feel that. Yeah, yeah, she must flex. But if you made this hull rigid, it would crack. Yeah, I, I 
before my Navy days, I was uh, in the uh, SE Rescue on the TTLs, t- target tone launches. Yeah. Same thing, double diagonal, but they used to slam into the waves rather than because uh, they were fast. They were designed for speed. Uh, unlike this lovely lady. So how many volunteers do you have at the moment? Do you know? Uh, the whole volunteer team runs to about 40, but uh, some, some of those are ex-crew members from years ago, people that want to stay in close touch with us. And uh, I guess out of the 40, roughly half are active on board. They form the maintenance team, the, the crew for operating, tour guides, and pretty much anything that needs doing. And we're always looking for, for other people. No prior experience required. So they don't need any experience of being on a boat. You're quite happy to teach them anything they need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've got a whole mix of people. Some are ex-Royal Navy, some are ex-Merchant Navy, and some just were interested. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, uh, just something that attracts attention, certainly. Mm, yeah, we get two or three new volunteers each year, but uh, we're always welcome. And a huge mix of people on here. Just straight off, there's software engineer, a couple of artists, although... Uh, People will accuse us all of being artists, but that's a different sort. Um, a few engineers, uh, all sorts, all walks of life, really. Absolutely fantastic. Well, you know, we, we all see a good crowd down here on a Saturday morning when you have your work parties. And I think most most of them, 99.9% of them, have all got a good sense of humour as well, which I think is essential when you're doing this sort of thing. It's pretty much the only qualification required on here. Yeah. Um, as we used to say, if you didn't like it, you shouldn't have joined up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fine line. There's a lot of leg pulling goes on, mine as much as anybody else's, uh, but it's all good natured. And as long as it stays good natured, it's all part of the the whole sort of ethos and mix. Uh, and I understand now you're doing burials at sea and other services as well. Is that something that you encourage now? Yeah, um, we haven't advertised it greatly, but um, people that come to us, um, we happily do that. I've got one coming up in about three weeks' time. A gentleman called Alan Penny, ex-wartime skipper, uh, he retired and lived his last days in Canada, but he put in his will that he wanted to be scattered at sea from HMS Medusin. And after he died, his son contacted me, and we've we've arranged that he's flying over from Canada with his dad's ashes, and we'll go out to sea. And if anyone else wanted that, what do they do? Just go to your website and uh, just make any code there? Yeah, Yeah. just just contact us. As a principle, we've never charged for it quite simply because we'd never turn anybody away. But we're, we're very grateful for a contribution because it costs us to run the vessel. Oh, it's certainly not cheap to run a vessel like this. I know that, certainly. So what what what's uh, what the programme you've got this year? I think we went had a quick scan through it earlier. But, uh... Yeah, um, the usual programme for, for the year is a mix of day runs, weekends, and one long deployment. We'll always have a long weekend round at Buckler's Hard. They, they make us extremely welcome round there. We're open to the public there. Um, we, we take part in events dotted around the place, really, to give the public a chance to come on board. So we, we tend to take the vessel to the public rather than the public to the vessel. We're a coded vessel, which means that we can do charters and uh, take uh, groups of people out. And um, we do quite a bit of film work as well, for which you also need to be coded. Absolutely. And what sort of maximum number of people you would take on a charter if uh, um, we were interested? The coding allows me 15 people 15. on board, but realistically, I need a crew of seven. So uh, we we always work on the basis of eight passengers. Okay. But if a group comes along that are 
Um, by nature, mariners, we can occasionally push that to 10 and 5, but 8 and 7 normally. 8 and 7 is normally for the two. Okay, I think uh, we'll probably just call it a date on that one, Alan. Thank you very much for talking to me today. I trust you're going to stay here at Hasler for the future. Be delighted to, if you'll have us. Oh, I, I don't think we're going to get rid of you. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Folk Tales and that you join us for the next episode soon. 